Hey, finance folk! My name is Aidas Polubinskas. Welcome to the EU Finance Podcast, The Future of Finance. Whenever I save up some money, I try to invest it. I'm hoping that it pays off in the future, and whether it's my future or that of my kids, I care about the future. So I do indeed care about the state of the planet. So I try to combine investment with a responsible take towards the environment. I try to invest in green finance, sustainable finance. Two birds, one stone. But how can I know if my investment is really green? Well, surprise, surprise, the EU has once again stepped up to help me out. At the beginning of this year, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, CSRD, entered into force. This new directive modernizes and strengthens the rules concerning the social and environmental information that companies have to report to us. A broader set of large companies, as well as listed SMEs, small and medium enterprises, will now be required to report on sustainability. I've asked Thomas Dodd, the EU Commission's expert on corporate reporting, to join me today to report on reporting. Let's dive into the CSRD. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Okay, straight into it. What has changed for companies with the introduction of the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, which, of course, we're going to start referring to as the CSRD because it's just way too long to say. Well, we didn't start from nowhere. So the, the, the background is to know that since 2014, we've had another ac acronym, something we call the Non-Financial Reporting Directive, NFRD, that has placed broad-based, not very precise reporting requirements on certain large companies in the EU. So, so that's our starting point. So what has changed from that? Three things, I think, to emphasize. One is more companies are under scope, so more companies will now be required to report sustainability information. Secondly, the information that they report will be subject to what we call assurance, audit, which has not been obligatory in the past. And the third point, which really is the single most important point, is that companies that are subject to these reporting requirements will now have to report according to mandatory common European sustainability reporting standards. That's another acronym that we refer to as ESRS. And the first set of those standards are now fixed um, and will be published relatively soon in the official journal of the EU. Okay. Um, who is this for? I mean, who's who's going to derive the benefit from, from this directive? Easiest, again, I think, to think in terms of three groups. First of all, and primarily, you've got the financial markets, the investment community. Uh -huh. they, they need better sustainability information from companies, essentially for two reasons. One is because... If they are going to play their part in terms of financing the transition to a sustainable economy, they need to know more about the sustainability impacts of the companies in which they are investing. I think it's relatively obvious. Mm -hmm. The investment community, the financial markets also need this sustainability information to be able to better understand the risks to which their investments are exposed. Obviously, if we have multiple investments made without due regards for risks that might derive from the effects of climate change or the effects of biodiversity collapse, we're going to have a lot of problems with our financial system, ultimately, because you could have built-in 
instability um, into the financial system. That's the investment community. The legislation is relatively broad-based in the sense that it also aims to meet the legitimate information expectations of other stakeholders. That might include civil society to some extent. It might include trade unions. It might include uh, possibly some public institutions, uh, even perhaps media, for whom the simple question of accountability is important. Oh, okay. So there, there is an intention of this legislation to make sure that companies are accountable for their impacts and therefore transparent about those impacts on people and the environment. The third group of, uh, I suppose, target audience for the information is actually the companies themselves. Let's make the comparison with financial information. Companies are obliged to report financial information. That's an accepted part of being a business. That's been the case for many decades now. But that reported information about profit, loss, where are we going, the financial risks, and so on, is not exclusively a compliance issue for companies. It is information that company management and company boards use in order to oversee the company, in order to better manage the company, in order to define company strategy, and so on and so forth. That ultimately is where we want to be arriving with sustainability information as well. So these reporting requirements, while of course there is a compliance element, should also help companies to collect and focus on the sustainability information that matters to them, and then use that information in the management of the company in deciding on future, future strategy, essentially in order to make sure that they are competitive and successful and resilient companies in the 21st century. Well, that, that sounds like a win, win, win. I, I think I got to write those three categories. Like, so for example, if I'm an investor who's interested in um, investing primarily in um, socially, environmentally responsible investment products, I win because I'm getting this information. Um, if I'm not investing, but I am a citizen who's concerned about, about the earth and concerned about, about ESG matters, I win because this information has now become available to me. And third, even the companies win because they're uh, going through an exercise that is providing them new and extra information that's going to help them in their business and to make money for the company and eventually for investors, right? Um, did I get that right? I think that's true. I think that's absolutely the... The vision that the European Commission, the Council, the Member States, and the European Parliament have had in approving the the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. There's a lot of change involved. There are some very steep learning curves for companies, for auditors and assurers, uh, even for the bodies on which we have relied to technically develop the reporting standards. A lot of this has had to go fast. It hasn't been simple. Um, but the the I, th I think the destination is reasonably clear. Okay, well, I think you've just segued into into my next question, which is who needs to apply this directive, and by when do they have to apply it? When when am I going to start getting this information about how to better invest in in uh, socially and environmentally responsible companies? Okay, so I I mentioned earlier that we used to have the non financial reporting directive, and that one of the key innovations of the corporate sustainability reporting directive is that we've, what we say, increased the scope. So we, we've increased the categories of companies subject to these requirements. The shorthand for understanding which companies are covered 
is all large companies and all listed companies. By listed, you mean companies that are are on stock exchanges. Exactly. It's companies listed on EU regulated markets. Got it. Now, it's, it's all large companies, whether or not they are listed on EU regulated markets. And it's all listed companies because it includes listed SMEs. There are a thousand or so listed SMEs in the European Union. They also would be covered by, by these requirements. In addition, there is a provision that non-EU companies that are not legally established in the EU, if they generate over 150 million euros of turnover on the EU market, and if they have either a branch or a subsidiary, a large branch or a large subsidiary in the EU, would in the future also have to report certain sustainability information. Understood. Okay. Um, you mentioned SMEs, small and medium-sized uh, enterprises, which uh, is the the backbone of of, of our economy. Um, I always am, am fascinated and interested, and sometimes worried about what impact our legislation is going to have on SMEs. So that's my question. What what sort of impact is it going to have on them? I think there's two levels to the answer. So at, at the at the level of legal obligations, the only SMEs that will have legal sustainability reporting obligations on them are the listed SMEs. And that is in order to meet the needs for transparency of the financial markets. Okay. That, that, that's a basic premise of, 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 of good regulation of the financial markets. Now, the vast, vast majority of SMEs in the EU are not listed. So they're not legally subject to these sustainability reporting requirements, but but we know, we hear, we begin to see that um, a, a proportion of these SMEs nevertheless receive so-called trickle-down or knock-on information requests from banks or other large companies that are legally subject to the sustainability reporting requirements. Why does that happen? Because a large company or a bank reporting on its sustainability needs to have evaluated and report about relevant risks and impacts to do with its value chain. Uh -huh. So you can imagine that an SME that supplies a large company may need to be informing that large company that it is properly respecting labor standards or may need to inform that large company about the CO2 emissions that have been involved in the production of the product that is being sold to the larger company. Now, in order to help smaller companies, SMEs, to uh, cope with these uh, increases in demand, some of which I should stress would happen independently of any EU legislation because there is in a transition to a sustainable economy, in any case, a greater premium on sustainability information. But anyway, in order to help um, SMEs cope with these increases in demands, we have asked FRAG, which is the multi-stakeholder technical body that, that develops the sustainability reporting standards, to work on voluntary standards for use on a voluntary basis by the great majority of uh, SMEs in the EU that are not listed. Um, now, in the development of those standards, you have SMEs sitting around the table, you have banks sitting around the table, you have uh, large companies sitting around the table. 
to try to make sure that we can come up with some voluntary standards that are simple enough to be usable by, by SMEs, yeah. but also are robust and serious enough to meet the information requirements of banks and, and larger companies. That work is not finished at the moment. It's ongoing. Um, FRAG probably early next year will release some drafts for public consultation. Sure, that 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 makes an awful lot of sense. I mean, the the mom and pop or the smaller the smaller companies also want to be responsible, and um, they don't have the resources of the big corporations. So obviously, they're not going to be able to you know follow the really really heavy duty rules. Um, but yeah, again, it makes sense for those smaller corporations to know their footprint, for lack of a better word, so that that information can feed into the larger corporations who do have to tell us in a detailed way what their footprint is. Okay, well, um, uh, we're going to come up to my last question. And my last question is traditionally always the same, which is, when? When is this going to happen? I noticed when I was reading up on this, that um, uh, this the CSRD entered into force at the beginning of this year. And we uh, EU bureaucrats often like to make sure that there's a, a very clear difference between entering into force and entering into effect. So now the question is, is when does, okay, so the directive is in force. Is it in effect? If it's not in effect, when does it start coming into effect? When do I get to start seeing these reports? Okay. So it, it depends on the category of company. Okay. So the, the first companies to go are essentially the companies that were already subject to sustainability reporting requirements under the non-financial reporting directive. So that, that is... Um, large listed companies, large banks, large insurance companies, all with an additional threshold of if they have more than 500 employees. Um, they will have to report uh, for financial year 2024 uh -huh. reports published 2025. So the first time that you will be able to pick up and see uh, reported information from a company subject to these rules um, will be in the first quarter, first half of 2025. And so for these guys, the analogy is pretty much that they're just getting a software upgrade in the sense that they've already been doing this in a, in a way under EU rules. And now it's just under a, a new directive with with the clearer rules, clearer standard. Yes. Okay. I, that That's true. The principle of reporting obligation has been on them before. The, 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 the detail and prescription of the standards is new. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it is quite a significant transition for, for, for some of them. The next wave, the next group of companies to go is, and I simplify a little bit, but it's essentially all other large companies. So we're, we're talking mainly about large non-listed companies. Uh -huh. It's a bit more complex than that, but that's roughly the case. They have to report for financial year 2025, reports published 2026. The third wave are the listed SMEs who come a year later. So financial year 2026 reports published 2027, but they actually have the option of a further two-year opt-out if they want. So, so the latest time by which a listed SME would have to report is in 2029 for financial year 2028. Got it. Well, um, also, let's not forget the... Uh, Non-EU companies that uh, are subject to these reporting regulations because they exceed the threshold of 150 million euros generated on the EU market, and if they have a, a large branch or subsidiary in the EU, 
they would also um, have to report in 2029 for financial year 2028. To complete the picture, perhaps, it's important to know, um, list there will be separate, simpler standards for listed SMEs, different again to the voluntary standards that I mentioned earlier. Um, but there will be separate, simpler standards for listed SMEs that they can use to meet their legal requirements. And there will also be separate standards for the non-EU companies in the category that I referred to. Um, those standards don't exist yet, but they will be developed in the coming years. Got it. Well, that, that sounds like a timeline, a perfectly reasonable timeline, and it doesn't seem that it's burdensome to any any one of the categories. So that's nice to hear that uh, that um, uh, it's it's made easier, as it were, for them to give us the information that we really, really need, you know, moving forward in the in the green transition and and in saving the earth, as it were. Um, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking with you, and I really enjoyed learning more about the CSRD. Thank you. Okay, here's my take. With the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, for the first time ever, the EU is putting sustainability reporting on an equal footing with financial reporting. The directive will support and steer companies as they make the transition to more sustainable business models and a more sustainable economy. Companies need that information to plan their transition paths. And investors need the information to have clarity about what they're investing in and also to combat greenwashing. Because greenwashing, if left unaddressed, could reduce investor confidence in sustainable investment products, not to mention public confidence in sustainable finance and in companies' efforts to transition. That would not bode well for the greening of our finances. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Bye.